We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome over to the week 15 edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast. Of course, the waiver wire crew here, Joe Bartle and Jake Letarski, getting you set for playoff scheduling here, playoff programming, and obviously a uh, number of running back names in particular that we might want to discuss and uh, figure out who can help your roster. I don't know if there's the Justin Jackson from two years ago who fills in Frost Neckler and wins everyone a playoff game <laughs> level of backup, but there certainly are a few interesting ones that if you were in a pinch, could be considered. We'll get to those guys and the receivers as well, uh, and maybe even a quarterback that I'm going to personally recommend and take over a few of the guys, and we'll talk with them here in a second. Let's hit the music. Again, welcome everyone to the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast, the waiver wire postseason edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast, and the I'm depressed because the Packers lost edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports on Twitter. Alongside me every week, Jake Butarski at Roto Jake. How did you? Uh, how'd you do in your leagues? This and I saw you were at least at the Invitational. You're making the playoffs for that one. Yeah, yeah. I uh, played a guy who I thought had an amazing team and uh, and ended up just doing awesome I guess DeAndre Hopkins finally having a big game mm. in the you know I had so much of him this year and in the week that I needed it most uh he, he really came through for me and uh you know a couple of Lamar G leagues I think I'm in the playoffs of uh four or six that I'm really keeping track of seriously so uh I, I'm very happy there's a situation though where two spots were very much in limbo I needed to have one other team lose and then outscore my brother by 60 and it all fell into place like there were times where I was out of the playoffs in both leagues in the playoffs in both leagues it was a pendulum one or another all night so watching football last night while I am depressed about the Packers it was an exciting night of football not only did the Packers uh play horribly everyone did no that was just bad and Joe Barry's once again one of the worst coordinators in the league uh, this was the worst. One of the? You mean the, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, could, okay. yeah, the for sure. Uh, <laughs> now that Matt Canada is gone, I don't, I know, I don't like to hate on my old Badger, but like, uh, yeah. This was the worst fantasy week I've had in a long time. Stake league, I scored like eighty-three points. Uh, a few of my leagues, I had an opportunity to get a bye week. Only scored eighty in those and got like double upped on a few of them. I, I have so much Mike Evans. I have a lot of Justin Jefferson, uh, it, CJ Stroud as well. Like, it, it couldn't have been. A, a better accumulation of all guys that have been good this year and then just stunk the mm-hmm. joint up. A few of my had a chance to make the playoffs if X, Y, and Z happened. Completely went the other way. So it sounds like you are fortuitous, Jake. Uh, and hopefully the listeners will will be. Uh, I still made, I think, the playoffs in seven or eight. 
of my 15, but it could have been way more, and I was anticipating way more. If you did make the playoffs, though, I think the waiver wire list this week really benefits you if you need running backs. You and I differ on the top one, and I guess I'll say I'm going off the information that I'm kind of gleaning uh, Mm -hmm. on the Thursday night game between the Raiders and Chargers. I think Zamir White is the top pickup this week. Josh Jacobs did not practice yesterday. Of course, nobody practiced on Mondays in these games. It's an estimated Mm -hmm. report. But he left last week's game with that knee injury, didn't return. And if you are looking at the the strength of schedule, I guess we're looking at the schedule overall for the Raiders, Mm -hmm. uh, do you really want to play Jacobs? I mean, is that the point? I think you should be trying to see what you have in Zamir White. Let's just say if Jacobs does not play, which right now we don't know, and of course we're recording this early afternoon Tuesday, more information might come out after the podcast. If he doesn't play Tuesday, sorry, Thursday, mm-hmm. it, it, it's Tuesday's Zamir Abdullah today. and Zamir White. Yep. And I think Zamir White gets a ton of work against the Chargers. Like that, I made the mistake last week not playing Ezekiel Elliott because I was worried about that Steelers defense and didn't know what the pa- Patriots offense would look oh, like. Oh, no. I'm not making that mistake again. I think Zamir White is going to be the, the critical focal point. He's the one they have draft pick capital invested in if Jacobs misses time. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I agree with your logic, and I also agree uh, that if Jacobs misses the game, that Zamir White is going to be the back to own. Yes, Amir uh, Abdul will cut a news workload, especially on the passing downs. Uh, Zamir White's kind of the bigger back you would expect him to get, you know, between uh, the tackles and, and the goal line work there. But I'm not confident enough to actually even put him in my top five. I actually stuck him out there as an honorable mention. The reason being, I've seen this song and dance before, right, where uh, how many shows have we done this year where a player gets hurt uh, in the Sunday Mm -hmm. game? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't quite have the full – I mean, this is a practice estimate, right, because of the Thursday night game. We don't quite have the full story later on in the week to end up coming back and being fine. Now, also, Josh Jacobs, his his absence that he did not return from was originally attributed to a knee injury. Mm-hmm. On Monday's practice estimate, he was actually listed with a quad injury. So I don't know if that's better or worse in any sense. And also remember, Josh Jacobs is on a one-year deal, too. So what are the Raiders really you – know, I mean, everybody's in the hunt, right? 30 of 32 teams can still make the playoffs. So I could see them throwing Josh Jacobs out there and this being fine. Obviously, Zamir White is uh, worth – you know, a bid if uh, because he's going to be out there just about everywhere. I mean, what do I have? He's only he's only rostered in two percent of formats, right. and that's probably because of the first come first serve leagues that went ahead and grabbed him, picked him up uh, right away. But um, I actually left him just outside of my top five here. But um, I think your next pickup and my number one, we can probably agree on. Yeah, and the assumption for a lot of people, number one overall guy is going to be Ty Chandler uh, with Alexander Masson likely missing time due to a high ankle sprain. And we say likely because we thought the same thing for Trevor Lawrence. And then he plays six days later. I officially don't trust anybody in the NFL when it comes to talking about high ankle sprains and what that actually means. And can they play theoretically mm-hmm. for a running back? They should not be out there. So Ty yeah. Chandler enters as the starting running back for the Vikings. They have a pretty good matchup in their own right here against the Bengals. Although the Bengals defense looking pretty good too, as of late, I know in the chat, we're talking about Amir Abdullah eating into Samir White's workload. Theoretically, nobody does that for the Vikings, but Ty Chandler isn't utilized as a receiving threat all that often in instances like we've seen before. Mm -hmm. I know he was cutting into Madison's workload. I don't think that's because it's Chandler and his yards per carry is just over four, and that accounts for one game where he had like a 50-yard run. Mm -hmm. I I don't think Ty Chandler is all that good of a running back, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings use a number of hands this week. Yeah, so this is uh, interesting here because I I agree with you in a sense where like, 
you could easily throw Ty Chandler out there. He could end up with 18 carries for 45 yards, no touchdowns, and that's his game, right? Uh, that could be the case. But I will take those touches uh, because I do think they are a bit more secure. I mean, Madison with the high ankle sprain. Um, to me, that seems a little bit more serious than the Jacobs thing. But, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see here throughout the week. And chances are you'll have to make this decision with, uh, you know, the Jacobs replacement options coming on Thursday night. But, uh, no, I, I put Chandler number one because there is no real competition there. Um, there is a little bit of, uh, you know, there's quarterback controversy in Minnesota now. We've got Nick Mullins, Josh Jobs, what's going to happen here. Um, but the Bengals' defense is very middle of the pack against opposing running backs. They can be got, I guess we could say, even by uh, below-average quarterbacks. So um, Chandler, I'm just taking number one based on the opportunity. Yeah, that, that's fair. And and it's going to be a safer situation for the carries specifically mm-hmm. that he'll be getting. Like, it's not like Kenny Nguangu is going to be doing all that much. I just don't think Ty Chandler – operates all that well and the Vikings offense might struggle so 18 for 45 great that's still 4.5 points but Jasmir White can get that on three carries against this Chargers defense specifically against the run we'll see mm-hmm. I mean like I think this it becomes a much easier answer come Thursday yep. but because there is little information less teams theoretically overall bidding on these guys you might be able to have Zamir White completely sneak through waivers whereas you probably have to focus on Ty Chandler given all the talk yeah. about him being mm-hmm. the top waiver pickup for a lot of people Absolutely. uh we had a we had a question in the chat about quarterbacks, and I think it's interesting because Jake Browning made my top list at number three and yours at number four. Um, but mm-hmm. it was referring to Max Dugan and also Easton Sticks. The news of the day was Justin Herbert placed an injured reserve out for the rest of the season after undergoing surgery to a finger on his throwing hand. Uh, if you recall, Max Dugan, uh, the quarterback for TCU last year when they improbably made it to the championship of the college playoffs and then got obliterated, was a seventh round draft pick by the Chargers this season. Uh, he's been on the practice squad a while, so you won't you won't see him when you're looking at Chargers rosters. Mm-hmm. But theoretically, Dugan would get re, uh, recalled. He'd get called up. Uh, but I think Easton Stick. So he's 28 years old, right? Like we've, we've he's had, been there five years. People don't realize, and he's that. played two games in five mm-hmm. years. Like if the Chargers have, I mean, and, and, and his second game was on Sunday. Yes, right? he had one appear. He's he yes he, over five years. He attempted one pass. If, if the Chargers have chose to keep Easton Stick around this long, I don't believe it's because they're going to give Max Dugan then the opportunity right when they need to. Maybe later in the season, uh, and this pers- person was asking, do you, do you stash them in hopes for later in the year? If Dugan is playing later in the year, I I, I think they're going to be so decimated weapon-wise that it's not going to be helpful in any situation. So I'm just no. curious what kind of 20-team, two-quarterback league where this this question's coming up. <laughs> I mean, Jake. I'm, I, I really want to know the uh... – backup court. We just watched a guy that does weird hand gestures and has mm-hmm. an Italian mobster as an agent dominate Joe Barry's Packer defense. Any third-string quarterback actually mm-hmm. could be relevant this season, especially Max yeah. Dugan, who looked capable <laughs> last year. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm concerned, I would say, if we're really having to go down to that point. But – Jake Browning absolutely is in consideration. I had this conversation mm-hmm. with Harry Thompson, one of our uh, chief tech guys, but also just brilliant fantasy mind and smarter than me way too often. I want to play. I want to play Jake. Jake Browning over Tua, who's going against the Jets. And I want to play Jake Browning over Kyler Murray, who goes against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I, understand- I want to play Jake Browning over Dak Prescott this week. In, You're playing uh- Jake Browning over the MVP, Dak Prescott? <laughs> No, I don't know about that, but I, I've thought about it. He outscored him this past week and has uh, not, you know, so not the week me, before. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I mean, I, I put him up there a lot. I, I got him for cheap in the Dynasty League, and I'm really hoping that he can, uh, you know, earn himself a contract somewhere else where he can play and excel. Hmm. But uh, the thing with Jake Browning, I had him as number four on my pickup list. Um, or um, yeah, my priority ads this week, and you know. 
if a quarterback is even remotely good, that offense just has so many weapons, and they're all finally healthy, and there's opportunity to excel if you can just get the ball to your playmakers, and that's what Jake Browning's been doing, and and uh, I've fallen in love with what I've seen over the last couple of weeks, and he definitely gets, um, man, he, he he's right up there into maybe even the top 15 this week. I think I'm going to do it. I'm I obviously a couple of days yeah. games for for people who are in the playoffs game. There's three games Saturday, so just be mindful if you are kind of uh, lingering or stinker tinkering with your uh, lineups. Make the decision by Saturday, since that'll be uh, much more difficult. But I I think Jake Browning will be my starting quarterback. That there also is a streaming option in Joe Flacco that I think is totally favorable too. Mm-hmm. Is interesting. Uh, and we'll talk about yeah. Flacco. We'll yeah, later of course. The, the quarterback section is going to be full this week. We don't want to do it in our top five here, but uh, um, there's a lot, you know, with uh, Herbert out, and uh, he just there's a lot of flux going on here. So it's definitely going to be an uh, interesting set there here. But I want to get to Jake Browning's teammate, our cover boy, Chase Brown. I had him as my number two pickup. He's only 7% rostered. He was a guy that we were both on very heavily in the preseason, if you remember. We both liked him a lot oh, yeah. in the preseason, and then he got hurt. And he was on IR, I believe, and he just didn't play. He uh, Travion Williams was active oh, yeah. over him many, many weeks in a row. Suddenly, he's active, he's playing, he's getting the ball, and he's making huge plays. He took a 54-yard uh, screen pass to the house this week. He's getting season highs and touches. Now, make no mistake, Joe Mixon is still your lead back there, but Chase Brown is someone that has a bit of standalone value, arguably just as much as... Uh, Someone like Ty Chandler in half of the opportunities, less than half of the opportunities. Um, it's almost like that Keaton Mitchell effect, right, where you know he's not going to get a ton of carries or, or touches, but he's definitely going to make the most of them. And if um, anything were to happen to Joe Mixon, suddenly Chase Brown becomes a top 15 back week in and week out for your fantasy playoffs and then would be that league winner. So you have standalone value there, which makes him worth a stash, even if you don't need to start him. You would dump all your fab on him if you're a Mixon uh, owner just to be safe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you, and you have high expectations for Brown the rest of the season, I believe. Uh, you know, even maybe not high expectations, but just uh, you know, there's a steady baseline here with the touches that he's getting, and uh, it's working for the Cincinnati offense. He is the top pickup if you have Joe Mixon. He mm-hmm. is also the top pickup if you are kind of planning and you have four or five deep at running back. I would much rather have Ty Chandler and Zamir White over Chase Brown if I'm needing running backs and I'm looking at these guys. And I don't even think it's much of a debate to me. We talk about the standalone values of flex play. It was a 48-yard touchdown where you and I probably could have ran at least 30 of those yards. Like the, There was no defense Ooh, inside. That, literally, literally on the TV screen, you could, until the very final one, and it kind of jukes out at the end. Like That's just a blown play. And if we're saying 95% of the yards and the touchdown and the fantasy points come off a broken play, and that's half of what he's totaled over the past two weeks, that's not standalone fantasy value to me. I, I value him as a backup. I completely understand that. But hmm. Ty Chandler and Zamir White, uh, I think both are in a better spot. And I think Zamir, even rest of season, if the Raiders eventually do get ruled out, would be an interesting case. Mm-hmm. Just just to go on talent, though, for Chase Brown, like if Chase Brown was the starting running back for the Vikings, if we flipped them around, Ty Chandler is not doing any of that for the Bengals, but Chase Brown Absolutely. would be like a 130 100%. yards. 100%. A better, like I, I mm-hmm. truly believe in the talent. I think it's very clear when he touches the ball, but it is not a Keaton Mitchell situation mm-hmm. to me. Mitchell gets involved often. Uh, there isn't a stud in front of him. In the case of Joe Mixon, who, by the way, what, 25 fantasy points in back-to-back weeks? even with Jake Browning, like he's Monster. had a totally good game. Keep Mitchell splitting time with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Like that, mm-hmm. by default, you want to get Keith I think Mitchell Hill's ball. kind of out of that mix now. But uh, but anyway, no, Chase Brown did have 30% of the snaps, though. So that's not nothing. And he ran six routes, and 
carried the ball eight times, and of course Mixon carried the ball 21 times. But it's um, 11 of the 37 running back opportunities, and of course that's amplified by the big touchdown here. But uh, he's somebody that uh, you know I think they'll continue to use as a change of pace and potentially be useful. He's he's the top pickup if you don't necessarily need to start someone this week and are just trying to make your roster the best available. If you're not yeah. going to stash multiple defenses and or, or whatnot or anything like that. But if you need someone to actually fill in as a flex this week, then yeah, you're probably looking to, to uh, Ty Chandler or, or possibly White, depending on the Jacobs injury status. Yeah, another guy that made our top five list is Zay Jones, of course, the receiver for the Jaguars. And Christian Kirk was predictably placed in injured reserve earlier last week. What was not predictable was Trevor Lawrence playing six days later on a high ankle sprain, or maybe not actually a high ankle sprain, and looking pretty <laughs> darn good. And it was obviously uh, Calvin Ridley that drew a lot of targets. Evan Ingram had a monster game. We're not talking about back-to-back weeks where Zay Jones, pretty critical factor for that passing attack. And Jacksonville's schedule gets a little bit easier here uh, over the next couple of weeks. I think Zay Jones falls into that Noah Brown zone where if you really need to in a deeper league, like a, a second flex play or whatever else, obvious start and start uh, play every week. But I think Zay Jones also could mm-hmm. be a candidate just to wide receiver three or flex leagues kind of this week. Yeah, you feel no shame whatsoever in starting the guy who just had 14 freaking targets last week, right? Right. Uh, 14 targets, right? So uh, he's only 29% rostered. I put him at number three on my list, actually ahead of Browning. Um, but obviously team needs and team situation can uh, can can vary that a little bit. But yeah, definitely Zay Jones on the radar. And then our, our last one, at least, because uh, I had mentioned Zamir White, he made my list. But Deonta Foreman, for you, uh, went right back to the starting role for the Bears. I can guarantee you in Week 18, if you're still playing your fantasy leagues, Deonta Foreman will murder the Packers defense. But we still have a few ways to go if that's the case. And <laughs> I'm sorry, a few games, not ways. Yeah, I mean, I I, I threw him in my top five over um, over Zamir White because his role doesn't necessarily seem to be as dependent on an injury, right? Foreman was out there for 56% of snaps, led the backfield in snaps, routes, carries, targets, and yards. Um, you know, he he's back from an ankle injury after the Week 13 bye. Um, there were 15 carries. He got 11 of them for 50 yards. Um Khalil Herbert's down to seventeen percent snap count. I really don't understand that. I thought he looked good early in the year and uh, would be the guy, but that certainly hasn't been the case. And uh, you know, I know there's, I know Roshan Johnson gets a lot of love in this uh, in this whole chat. In the, in the chat, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, uh, I I I started him in my sad sad stake league team this week. It was him or Tyler Algier. That's what I was going through this week. Um, so I started Roshan Johnson. Obviously, didn't work out. Deontay Foreman is the guy there, and. Um, you know, he's only 38% rostered because he's coming off an ankle injury uh, after their bye. But, yeah, he's back as the lead back. And let's see here. He's got matchups. At Cleveland's tough, obviously. that's it's it, The Cleveland Browns defense is elite, and they're especially elite when they're at home. But then he's got the Cardinals in Week 16, which is a real juicy matchup. And, of course, uh, the Falcons, not uh, not a great matchup, 17. And then the Packers, of course, great one to close it out. So, uh I, that's why I threw Deontay Foreman in my, in my top five because uh, the usage is there regardless of the competition. Uh, real quick, because we'll get to this later on at the, at the end of the show for tight ends. Uh, somebody in the chats asked about Davis Allen. I had to look up Davis Allen while he was playing. He looked pretty good against the Ravens, but no Tyler Higby in this contest. Theoretically, he's back next week. That's what the Rams are expecting. And if you look at Jerry Donabini's snap chart article, uh, which was talking about these receivers and tight ends, Hunter Long got a lot of workload in the absence of Tyler Higby. He got injured pretty on, early on in this Ravens game. To me, Davis Allen is nothing more than like the third or fourth string equivalent at running back. I would not be interested in them whatsoever. Uh, and if you are in leagues, like in this person's case, where people are picking up Jimmy Graham, 
leave said league because that is far too deep and far too dumb to be targeting a Jimmy Graham guy who's got two touchdowns in two weeks and nothing else otherwise. Like that's it's it's a tough spot to hey, be. I, under, I understand. Hey, I started Durham Smythe and Fishbowl a couple times. Right, right, yeah, yeah, that's that's the equivalent of this. Like no, I, it's it's not. It, like I think Davis Allen. Hey, actually, hey, who knows? Maybe he's in the Fishbowl playoffs. You know, I think there's 500 left. Davis Allen falls off of my mind if Tyler Higby is back or mm-hmm. Hunter Long is back, just based on the playing time. But I would encourage you again to look at Jerry Donabedian's article up on Rotoway right now, which does the breakdown on snap shares and kind of yeah. goes over more of what I was talking about with Davis yeah. Allen. Yeah. Look I'll, player, I'll just take a line from that right now. He played one snap in the whole first quarter and 91% of snaps thereafter. Yeah, he, the chat says, hey, he's more touchdowns than Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts also has 65 million times mm-hmm. more receiving yards. Than Jimmy Graham has too, so uh, difference difference in fantasy opinion on that. So just just a real quick note on Davis Allen before we get into the top overall running back pickups and dive into a bit more of the options. Let's get a word from our sponsors, Circa Sports. Get ready for the big game and the big game parties at Circa Resort and Casino. Super Sunday, of course, is in Vegas this year. You can watch the big game poolside at Stadium Swim's big game viewing party. Got the massive screen booming game sound, and, of course, the view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game. Snag the best seat in the sun with day beds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more, or touchdown the world's largest sports book, Circuit of Sports, for the big game bash. Three stories of football glory featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, and stadium-style food. And then don't miss the legendary viewing experience of February 11th. The big game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino. Reserve today at Circa Las Vegas. Com. All right, so we are into the fantasy postseason, Jake. Obviously, for a lot of people, no more bye weeks as well. Thankfully, we are done with that. Uh, although last week, again, Commanders, Cardinals, you're missing Trey McBride, uh, Terry McLaurin. Maybe that's about it. I think there is a there's a case to be made that a few of these matchups in particular, we mentioned it with the quarterbacks earlier, make a team essentially in a bye week or where you wouldn't want to consider a lot of relevant skill options. So there's a lot of streaming candidates and purposes uh, at running back. You could easily make that case depending on who you picked up. Uh, we had talked about Zeke last week, obviously worked out pretty well. Tajay Spears got some work as well uh, this past Monday. From a running was back very Spurs. important on these final drives. It was, yes. it was DeAndre Hopkins and it was Tajay Spears helping them move the ball to get those two touchdowns. And that was that right. Uh, Henry had the, uh, had the work early in that game, but once uh, they got behind two scores, you know, Henry has notoriously not performed well from a fantasy perspective when they lose by double digits. The splits mm-hmm. there are, are are pretty astounding, and um, they both actually produced super well uh, in, in what was an excellent game last night. Yeah, and buried in the news kind of Friday, and I guess we saw it sort of play out Sunday, Isaiah Pacheco not playing Friday, and of course, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being very hot wave aware pickups. I'll be very curious Andy Reid was very coy in terms of Pacheco's status on Friday when asked if he was going to be placed in injured reserve. They obviously didn't Saturday, but that's not to say Pacheco will play again next week. I kind of like Jarek McKinnon as well in this equation, uh, mm-hmm. and, and certainly possible that you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if you are looking at running back. So we mentioned the top guys, of course. Uh, yeah, those guys just outside, uh, one, because they're really this close point, yeah, to 50% yeah. rostered, and two, because I think a lot of people think Pacheco might be back, but we don't really know for sure. And, um, yeah, you know, that's a big thing. I mean, McKinnon's 41% rostered. Edwards is 50% rostered. I know Edwards Alaire got a little bit more of the work, but, um, and, you know, some people like to say, like, oh, if he, uh, if he didn't rip his pants on that drive, he was getting the carries. He, the split might even be more in his favor. Uh, but McKinnon is the guy that historically, 
Last year was a fantasy playoffs winner. That's right? the Amir Abdullah of an offense that actually needs to have an Amir Abdullah, right? We were saying, yeah. oh, that Amir Abdullah could vulture targets from mm-hmm. Samir White. No, I, yeah. I don't know if that's that's truly the case, but that's clearly what McKinnon's role is for a team that passes a lot. Yes, but McKinnon, uh, again, while he's getting less touches, he's getting the more high-value touches. He's mm-hmm. getting the touches in the red zone. So if you, if you had to say, hey, pick one to prioritize on the waiver or pick one to pick up, I'm going McKinnon. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll still take Edward Solaire. Uh, yes. In, in this equation, mm-hmm. if if he's available, if you lost Pacheco in a deep league and you need a replacement, yeah. I you know throw in Edward Solaire if you miss some of these guys that we discussed earlier. Yeah, so that's I want to just be clear because those two could still be in the factor. We mentioned mm-hmm. Ty Chandler, Chase Brown, um, and even in my instance, Amir White. We could kind of rank them however we want, but all three have some value. I think same does too for Deonta Foreman. We are now entering the stage where I think Rico Dottle becomes a guy that I don't really want to play. Cowboys, of course, had their first non-junk time matchup in quite a while and still made it look like junk time, annihilating the Eagles. But Dottle got the touchdown pretty early into the contest once mm-hmm. again. He's he's very, very valuable if you have Tony Pollard. But I think now with the way we the way I structure, I want to be clear about it because you're, you do this differently, Jake. Yes. The way I structure my roster, I would want to have Dottle just in the instance that if Pollard were to get injured, this mm-hmm. is a top ten fantasy running back and yeah, could help you, in the playoffs. Yep, you've established your guy. You want the guy. You want the guys on the on the top offenses in the league. And uh, you know, we talked about we just talked about McKinnon and Edwards Hilaire. You thinking like, oh, high powered offense? Hey, on wait a minute. You know, the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs of last year or the year before. We do mm-hmm. need to keep that in mind. I believe Sam Howell has more fantasy points than Patrick Mahomes this year. So please keep that in mind. I think Mahomes is he's got like thirteen in back to back weeks. It's it's not been pretty uh, for fantasy there. Uh, so you know just just remember that whether they're getting. Um, you know, whether they're getting job done on offsides calls or not, the, you know, the fantasy production is just not there. But the Cowboys have been an outstanding offense. They are scoring tons of points on whoever they face. And Rico Dowdle, who used to just be the junk time king, suddenly actually had more carries than Tony Pollard in the first half of a game against the Eagles in which they were playing for yeah, the one seat or for, for the, the uh, division. for the division. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, the 49ers up there at number one um, at the moment here. But he's up to a 30% snap share. And, uh, yeah, really the first time his production wasn't limited to garbage time. Now, uh, I think they'll still run Pollard, you know, as RB1 for as long as he can handle it. But uh, Pollard hasn't broke down yet. So, you know, we have to give him credit for that. A lot of us maybe thought... Um, they try to find they'd sign another back to mix in, or uh, or they would uh, you know you just mix things up a little bit. But uh, Dowdle is emerging as that RB two, or I guess I'll call him RB one and a half. You know, on that team because uh, again he's eating into non junk time carries, and that's significant. And he's only ten percent rostered, which is why I put him on my list outside my top five, but worth talking about in the running back section here. Absolutely, and I kind of glossed over this. Maybe we should have uh, double back to it. If you recall last week, we had talked about the commanders running backs. Brian Robinson had been injured late in that game. Commanders on a bye week last week. Well, now we're going to find out the status of Brian Robinson, but more importantly, what Antonio Gibson and Chris Rodriguez might do. I had said I like Zamir White because the Raiders, sooner rather than later, are going to understand they're not a playoff team. Let's get the guys involved. I don't know if you could apply that same logic to Brian Robinson per se, but the way the commanders use their running backs, if Robinson were to miss time, right, top three, top four PPR back this season – I think Chris Rodriguez and Antonio Gibson are not just pick up, pick up mm-hmm. valuable, but could be played in deeper leagues too. And I, specifically Rodriguez, who I would imagine has a very low roster rate, especially after buys last week. Yeah, exactly. Gibson's only at 54%. So he misses our threshold, but you could make a case, um, you know, depending on when your rate waivers run and depending on when you see right. the commander's first practice report, you could make a case that he's up there dang near the top out of any of these guys. And then Rodriguez, of course, is going to widely be available anywhere. 
But um, yeah, Rodriguez sits at zero uh, percent rostered. Uh, you know, you can you can of course imagine that coming off the buy, he was a deep deep stash option at best. You know, in last week's show. If Zemir, so, I'm sorry, if Jacobs gets active to play Thursday, mm-hmm. and I'll have already picked up Zemir White in Tuesday and Wednesday leagues, yep. I'll drop him for Rodriguez right away. Like that. Sure. That's kind of that's how I do that pivot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you just have to react to the information that's available. Fantasy football is a seven day a week sport. <laughs> right. Uh, and then I guess one other backup that's not on our show sheet real quick, Dearness Johnson for Jacksonville, still getting a lot of workload behind Travis Etienne. It's the same concept for me when I'm valuing backup running backs that if something were to happen, like Donald with Tony Pollard or in the case of Travis Etienne, two guys that get tons of workload in the good offense, mm-hmm. Dearness Johnson easily steps in over Tank Bigsby. That's been cleared now for the past month oh, and yes. a half as the starting running back for Jacksonville. Keep that in mind if you are looking at rostering mm-hmm. handcuffs. Like, Jake, you do do the handcuffs. You don't do the three defenses like I do, but you have enough handcuffs in your roster if that's the case. You know, the team that I was playing in the Invitational this week, it was just it was loaded. It was somehow, you know, ETN, Mixon, um, just I don't even remember. But every single starter was a solid. You never have to make a lineup decision because uh, they're solid guys. The guy had started the defense and had three defenses on his bench. I've never seen anything like it before. Guess what, guys? He got knocked out of the playoffs. So <laughs> it wasn't By me. me. I promise it was not my team. By uh, me, who was stashing Ezekiel Elliott, our running back handcuff all year. So you know, just just uh, you know, keep that in mind here. Um, but anyway, so uh, so you know, if we're gonna do the handcuff thing, Elijah Mitchell, um, you know, when he's healthy, he's the best, probably the best fantasy handcuff. Uh, I mean, okay, we can we can stretch out that argument, but he's definitely one of the top uh, fantasy handcuffs because of the way McCaffrey is used and how much that offense centers around the running game. But of course, uh, Elijah Mitchell was inactive this week with a knee injury, so maybe it's Jordan Mason. I'm thinking about just rostering both Mitchell and Mason in my McCaffrey league because what the heck? You know, make sure I have an RB1 for the fantasy playoffs one way or another. You know, I'm going to do that. And the other note, I had one more running back note because it really surprised me that Keaton Mitchell only checked in at 59% rostered in Yahoo leagues. That is too, too, too low. Um, You guys should get out there and fix that. And uh, I I wrote down that he took 11 of the 19 running back opportunities and Gus Edwards had single-digit touches. Of course, Keaton Mitchell only 34% of the snaps. But as we discussed earlier, he makes the most of them. But I don't know, when we used to do this show back in the day, we used to kind of do 60% as the threshold, which is probably a bit too much. You know, we got to keep it to 50. But uh, 59% yesterday, so take a look. Worth typing in, even in your 10-team leagues. Difficult schedule. That's the only issue rest of the way do you play him against Jacksonville? Maybe. I, it depends on what your running back backfield is. I'm not playing ja- in week 16. I'm actually really excited for my Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers stacks against Jacksonville because that defense against the pass, pass at least has looked super porous. Pass. Yes, and, and to be clear, and, Mitchell should be more involved as a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the areas Mitchel's I more like against the screen pass. You yeah, know, I, 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 you know? I want to get his speed more involved. But that's not really what Lamar Jackson does. That's not what the Ravens do all this time. But Jacksonville this week, pretty good against the run. But next week against the Niners, I'm not playing Keith Mitchell in that scenario. You're I'm not right. playing Gus Edwards. Uh, fantasy, I'm sorry, fantasy finals, you've got the Dolphins, but you have two weeks to get there. Uh, so just something to consider with all those options overall at running back. You have, Ooh, man, uh, listed- I'm wondering what I'm going to do with all my Lamar Jackson shares if I make it the next week. So much Lamar Jackson. I'm going to have to just roll them out Jake there Browning. against the Niners. Get, do, do what I'm going to do. Play Jake Browning. Let's see, let's see I'm pretty up. sure he's got a bad matchup too, but I haven't looked no, at that far. No, it's not, not possible. Well, good thing, Jake, we could talk about backup quarterbacks in just a little bit. Sounds like you're in on the Joe Flacco train, as mm-hmm. everyone else is. Uh, but we'll get to the quarterback, quarterbacks momentarily. we got to do the receivers first. Actually. I was going to say, I want to get a word from our sponsors here, also Blue Wire. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we're back. And I had said we're going to talk quarterbacks. We will. I promise. Very invigorating conversation about Tommy DeVito and uh, elsewhere. But let's get to those receivers first. And on our top five list, of course, was headlined by Zay Flowers. Zay, Zay Flowers. My I know. Zay I just Jones. mentioned Zay Flowers in a previous Yes, yeah. That's, you put that one in my ear. That's not yep, me. Yep, just my bad, my bad. Uh, Zay Jones, who I, is going to be more involved as Trevor Lawrence continues to be healthy. That's awesome. Odell Beckham. I, I mean, we, he's made an appearance mm-hmm. before on our list, but I think now even I feel very confident and safe in saying that I think Odell Beckham rest of the season is an interesting stash if you are looking for more receivers. Mm-hmm. So in my Zay Jones notes, I put follow the targets, right? If there's any fantasy football mm-hmm. um, commandment I can preach to any beginner, follow the targets and you'll largely be successful. Um, and Zay Jones had 14 of them. Odell Beckham had 10. 10. That is quite, quite significant. That's enough. That's enough. They're starting to use him as a, uh, you know, as a big play guy, and he is showing some ability, um, you know, I, I want to say past the eye test, but maybe that's a little bit too generous. He's showing ability to come back and adjust on balls and make plays in space, like, as if he is finally healthy. Um, you know, he's had, you know, the last couple of years of his career, it's been injuries and bouncing around teams, then getting re-injured and moving around. You know, now maybe he's got enough time for, you know, he's he's built up enough rapport and is healthy enough to make a second late career charge here. He's only 42% rostered. He's still wide receiver three based on snaps and routes, uh, you know, this past week. Uh, both Zay Flowers and Nelson Aguilar were there. You know, Rashad Bateman's down to wide receiver four. But he still caught four of his ten targets, of his ten targets, you know, I'll say one more time, uh, for 97 and a touchdown. Uh, and, you know, the roster number is up just based on his name alone, but now he's actually producing, and I can I can see rostering him. Uh, I, I had seen, you know, when I, I, I sweep just about every waiver source I can find trying to get all these names, and I kept seeing Odell Beckham come up for the last couple of weeks. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. I apologize if we're too late, but now I believe it. I'm in on Odell, Odell as well, too, to a certain extent. Uh, like, I think I'd rather have Curtis Samuel, who also makes our list. Uh, commanders mm-hmm. were on by this past week. My thought is the commander's defense is so atrocious that they're going to be passing all the time. Sam Howell is as likely to give the ball away as he is to throw a touchdown, which also leads to more passing opportunities and volume. And Curtis Samuel has had a very consistent and reliable role for the commanders just about all season long. If Brian Robinson were to miss time, we had just talked about earlier, mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson and Chris Rodriguez pick up the slack, but we've seen Curtis Samuel utilized as a gadget running back receiver as well, too. I, I just mm-hmm. think there's a safety uh, knowing that he can, produce 
10 points in the PPR perspective. Yes. And he's widely available still. Yeah, PPR is uh, where, you're, where you're targeting him because he could easily end up with one of those like eight catches for 30-yard games because, mm-hmm. I, you know, we've seen that out of him before. But um, I had been sitting him on my bench and watching Terry McLaurin put up goose eggs while Samuel gets up 20-plus points in, you know, consecutive weeks here. So, uh, um, you know, his, his roster ship went down because of the bye week. Now it's down to 35%. You can go ahead and scoop him up. Um, you know, again, more of a PPR guy, but uh, someone that has major fantasy utility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then there was Tutu Atwell. We mentioned it earlier with Davis, the tight end, and Tyler Higby and mm-hmm. Hunter Long that got injured. But obviously, Tutu Atwell injured, I think, in the first quarter of that loss to the Ravens. And Yep, entered and percussion, concussion protocol, and that meant uh, that pretty Demarcus much elevated. Robinson. Yeah, Demarcus Robinson, the wide receiver three. What's interesting here is, you know, Demarcus Robinson, we've heard this story kind of before. You know, he's been around the league forever. He has a has a good game here and there. Everyone picks him up. Then he does he disappears for a while. So you know, just fair warning there. But eighty six percent snap share, ninety eight percent route share, uh, tied with Cup for most on the team in the latter latter category. Also ten targets, only caught three of them, but one of them was for a touchdown, and he racked up forty six yards. So that's not nothing. And um, there are formats where that becomes something. He gets value on NFL teams because he's a pretty good blocker. He of course had couple of famous instances with the Chiefs as well, where he's he's just a blocking guy who gets a few touchdowns, kind of like what Justin Watson does. And I kind of like what Alan Lazard is. Well, yeah, that too. I, Lazard's like a better version. Like that's like the Culver's version. He's a better he's, blocker, but a worse touchdown catcher. <laughs> he's the Culver's version of that roster space. Whereas uh, I think Demarcus Robinson is the McDonald's version. You could get by that. It's okay, but like it's not nearly as good as Culver's. Again, please sponsor us. No. Uh, so Demarcus Robinson certainly. Someone I, like even in deeper leagues, it's a little bit tough for me to, to recommend. I I think I'm turning the corner on Quentin Johnson. I wrote about uh, on one of the recent updates that you can see anywhere uh, over over 90 yards receiving, mainly off a 57 yard catch. But it was a really good throw by Easton Stick, and I, I think that's kind of the the relevant thing. No Justin Herbert rest of the season. Yep. Keenan Allen has already Jake already set the franchise record and his career record for most receptions in a season. Let's just say Keenan Allen were like, all right, I'm good. Uh, no no reason to keep putting my body out there on the line any longer. There Who is a reason. Pass catcher? I need to win our Staff Dynasty League. That's the Well, reason. don't worry, because Joshua league. Palmer is going to be activated off of injured reserve, it seems like, possibly ahead <laughs> of Thursday's contest, which will help. And we have seen Palmer take a lot of the workload mm-hmm. ahead of Quentin Johnston, but we might be getting to the point where Johnson still is just getting involved back-to-back games down with 50-plus yeah. receiving yards. Johnson's kind of benefited from a last-man-standing situation. Yes. 88% snap share this week was significant. He only targeted four times, but uh, caught three for 91, uh, 72 air yards. That's good. He actually ran one more route than Keenan Allen did, for whatever that's worth. Um, he's definitely had his ups and downs in his rookie campaign, some bad drops, some uh, frustrating mistakes here. But uh, even with the backup quarterback, I mean, it's not like Herbert was playing particularly well either, except for firing the ball uh, to Allen there. So, um, yeah, you know, give it a shot. He's down to 21% rostered, but at least the draft pedigree and the physical skill set is there somewhere. They aren't mathematically ruled out of the playoffs. The Chargers will not make the playoffs. If you are the Chargers... There are only two teams mathematically ruled out, I think. Yeah, if you are the Chargers, this season should be about getting Quentin Johnston some confidence, any confidence, because otherwise it's been a completely wasted season on all accounts. What has not been a wasted season has been the Texans, although the loss against the Jets uh, this past Sunday certainly hurts their playoff chances. To make things more complicated, we have another receiver injury. One week after losing mm-hmm. Tank Dell for the rest of the season, Nico Collins leaves immediately after not doing nothing for my fantasy team. So the calf injury, he was ruled out pretty quickly, which is 
Never a good sign, but we I don't got, have a lot of information. I got right so, so lucky to score 180 wow. points in my Nico Collins League. Thank you yeah. to thank you to David Njoku, Lamar Jackson, everybody across the board here. Um, but no, this Texans receiver thing, it's like you took five guys, a mix of rookies and retreads, threw them in a blender, and who the heck knows what's going to happen, right? Because Tank Tail's out for the year. Nico Collins exited, caught one pass on the first drive, exited with a calf injury, um, and of course had a dud. Uh, no wide receiver in that game caught more than two passes, and rookie Xavier Hutchinson led the way in snap share with 73%. Mario and John Staple, I want to add real quick. Xavier Hutchinson was a guy that both Mario and John loved a lot. You know I'm a disciple of Mario and John. They are, like, never wrong on the Thursday podcast, and they've been touting Xavier Hutchinson. So just keep that in mind if you are in a super deep league. <laughs> I, love, yeah, I love how our argument is. This guy says he's good. Um, but no, I, I do believe John and Mario you're, are always right. Yes, I, I, I yeah, will defer no. to those guys. As far as college football guys, college prospects, they are they are some of the best in the biz. But uh, um, anyway, Robert Woods he uh, led the team in uh, route percentage, eighty two percent. He only caught one pass for negative yards on three targets. Noah Brown had five targets and sixty seven percent of the snaps, but zero catches. John Michi saw five targets as well, but just one catch for six yards on forty six percent of the snap, forty eight percent of the snaps. I am not touching this until. I might not touch it at all because, right, if C.J. Stroud doesn't clear concussion protocol, uh, this offense isn't going to oh, hum yeah. along the same way the same way that 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 it has been. And um, you know, here's here's how I, here's what I'm looking at this situation here. I don't really trust any of those guys, but if Nico Collins gets ruled out and C.J. Stroud plays, I would be looking to grab Noah Brown, and that's about it. That's that's totally fair, uh, and we we missed this. We should have got it right away, but. Juju Smith-Schuster with a revenge game possibility against the Steelers last week Thursday, of course, goes completely nuclear uh, despite doing literally nothing the entire season rest of the way. I'm I'm not touching Pat's receivers. It's just it's mm. going to be a longstanding thing for me. You don't Jake, think Bailey Zappi has turned level. the corner? No, no, I, I do not think that it, that has uh, changed anything. For me. I um well, I randomly went to the Pete Davidson show in Madison on Thursday night, and at the bar right before we went into the show, I looked up and I was like, wait a minute. This game hit the over in the first half. What the heck happened here? Was there like defensive touchdown mistakes or no, something? No. Nope, nope. Hunter Henry went off for my dynasty team finally. So uh, anyway, uh, so I don't love Juju, but he did get a 98% snap share and 93% route rate. Remember Demario Douglas with a concussion and Devontae Parker with a knee injury were both out. If I'm attacking this actually, though, I'm still probably looking to get Demario Pop Douglas instead because uh, I presume he'll be back and... Um, and he's only 20% rostered here. So uh, that's actually where I'm looking instead of Juju, Devante, anything. Because I think uh, I think I still, I don't know, I, maybe I'm taking small sample sizes in, in too much of account. But I still think he has the best connection with Zappi. And I think he might be the most talented, young, fresh, ready to roll. We have gotten more questions about who to start at quarterback than I've seen really at any point during the podcast this entire year. Entire we'll season, go- yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go into the, the streaming quarterbacks in a second. Let's get a word from our sponsors here, Splash Sports. Rotowire is a proud well, is a proud partner with Splash Sports for the 2023 fantasy football season. Splash Sports empowers gaming commissioners to earn by creating contests. Commissioners can set up contests, add their style, and enjoy the evolving Splash Sports platform for customized preferences. From daily to season-long contests, Splash Sports caters to various playing styles, such as DFS, PickX, and Traditional Survivor. And unlike traditional sports books, Splash Sports pits you against friends and family, not the house. Splash goes beyond betting, a place where friends and family can connect, strategize, and share in the excitement of sports and sports betting. Rotoware will be running a weekly DFS tier contest on Splash Sports all season long. Can you beat the Rotoware experts? Uh, well, you can just go ahead and enter today. Visit rotoware.com slash splash 
uh, to go ahead and check that out here. Another word from our sponsors, odds are, are you ready to revolutionize your sports betting approach? Begin with a two-week free trial at oddsr.com, where cutting-edge AI technology sharpens your edge in the betting game. Benefit from our proven two-year track record, boasting a 60% accuracy rate and an impressive 10% uh, ROI. The odds are AI meticulously shifts through extensive data to reveal high-value, green-value plays, guiding you towards smart betting decisions. And it's not just about the numbers. The Odds Are app is exceptionally user-friendly, crafted to be your go-to betting advisor right at your fingertips. Jumpstart your journey to betting smarter and more successfully. Simply visit the iOS or Google Play Store or download Odds Are, O-D-D-S-R app, and step into a world of confident betting. Your path to a more strategic betting experience starts with our two-week free trial. Download today, where smart strategy triumphs over luck. Okay, at quarterback here. This is a beautiful read, Joe. I got to hand it to you. <laughs> just first time with these guys, that was very Thank well you. read. I, I appreciate that. The splash ones are always tricky because there's a lot of S things overall. And S, yeah. So Splash.com like, slash, right? <laughs> it can be tough. It can be yeah. tough. So that's why we uh, we always take our time with those. And, of course, our <laughs> friends at Odds Are uh, certainly interesting as well, too. And I, I actually like, I have a pretty comprehensive like gambling app tool. There's so many different sports books out there that they mm-hmm. have that available to just my small plug uh, to, to talk about. So quarterback, I had mentioned it, Jake Browning. I, I, I think I am going to start Jake Browning over Tua and over Kyler Murray this week. I understand that sounds asinine, but Jake Browning's been good. I don't know how else to say it. Past two weeks, confidently looking great. I trust Zach Taylor as a play caller. I trust Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and that offense. And oh, by the way, Going against the Vikings team that has struggled all season long, Jake Browning is easily my top streaming quarterback, but he's not the only one. I think Joe Flacco also is a guy <laughs> that I would play over Tua and Kyler Murray if I had the option. <laughs> I know I'm Noah pushing something here. If, like, uh, I'm, I'm if Tyree Kill is healthy, I don't think I can sit Tua. Obviously, Tua got a little bit exposed without Tyreek, and the Jets, uh, you know, defense has not been the problem for sure the Jets. Right? CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. I think CJ Stroud's a better quarterback. I, I'm not the Tua. I'm not, yes, absolutely. Well, I think it's way. I think it's way too early to to make that statement. I can Both of their careers right now. So I think C.J. Stroud <laughs> is a better quarterback than Tua. I, All right, Tua is, is a fine guy. Totally, totally great. Top ten. Stroud is better. Absolutely, huh. in my mind. Uh, doesn't have Mike McDaniel's trying to call plays for him. Doesn't have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and his you know, produce the numbers he is. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's not what this conversation is, Jake. Yes. I, I will start Joe Flacco. I'm I'm dead serious. Somebody asked, do you play Flacco or Murray uh, this week? I'm playing Flacco. That's my goal. I could definitely see Flacco over Murray because Murray's got the 49ers. Yep. Right? Whereas Flacco, um, you know, what do I have here? I, I just had it up a second ago. Uh, he's got the Bears. He's got the Bears at home. So as long as weather isn't a factor, and, you know, there were even games where weather should have been a factor, like right that Rams game, yeah. and uh, and there were a ton of points scored. So, uh uh, you know, one of my one of my first things when I was doing an actives actives here, our uh, breaking news editor, uh, Mr. Mike Doria, told me, you know, I, I made a comment about a cold weather game, you know, uh, in a note, do, uh, you know, harming someone's fantasy value, and he reminded me that uh, defensive backs slip too, just like wide receivers do, <laughs> yeah, and that uh, that that has stuck with me for a while. So uh, I've always been, um, you know, unless it's a blistering snowstorm where you can't see anything in sixty mile an hour winds, uh, little rain, little snow never hurt anybody. So uh, anyway, that's my weather stance this this time of the year. But anyway, um, you know, we touched on Jake Browning a lot. Uh, tw- almost 30 fantasy points in back-to-back games. Both were great matchups. 
you know, I think someone mentioned in the chat that, um, you know, that he might have one of the worst schedules rest of the season. I disagree with that. I think Minnesota is a uh, very favorable matchup when a decent quarterback plays them, and I'm not counting Aiden O'Connell in uh, in that mix there. Um, you know, at Pittsburgh and at Kansas City, yeah, sure, those are a little bit tougher. You know, top 11, top, tw- you know, 12 defenses, but, um, but, um, I'm not even. Still, I'm not even worried about the Steelers and Chiefs. I thought we saw mm-hmm. two weeks Steelers ago. Steelers will have. Oh, oddly enough, they're still very much in the playoff hunt. Um, I, I mean, the, the the Packers exposed the Chiefs' defense. Like Jordan Love mm-hmm. looked awesome in that game, and that yep. didn't didn't look good this Monday night. And I exactly. I don't think this. I mean, Bailey Zappi just diced up the Steelers' defense this past week too. I, I don't. Right. I don't. I'm not worried about either one. Did, truly. did TJ Watt get hurt or did he come? He did. Back? Yeah, he yeah. was in concussion. So, that's, so they uh, did the they did the classic uh, Jake in high school thing where. He wasn't concussed, but then later on actually said he was concussed. So he got to play the whole game despite having to change his visor tint because the lights were too bright. Hmm. Seems <laughs> suspicious to you at all, Jake? That that happened Thursday. You were, you were enjoying Pete Davidson, and we were debating on if TJ Watt enjoying was, was a different. It was uh, it was debatable here, right? Uh, he's 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 not quite for everybody. If you're unfamiliar with the stand, you you chose to go to it. <laughs> I took a friend for a birthday. Okay, okay, all right. Um, Good but anyway. Um, back to back to Joe Flacco and Jake Browning, right? <laughs> yes, I I I, I think we've I laughed more Joe now Flacco than I did during Kyler. his hour long set. But <laughs> <laughs> I would play Joe Flacco over Kyler Murray. I, I actually feel that confident. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody in the chat, and I think this is also worth mentioning. I might have skipped over. If Matthew Stafford is available, I think this is one of those that you pick up Stafford, even if you have no intention of playing him to block other people from getting quarterbacks. There are way too many matchups this week I agree. where a top quarterback is going in a dicier one. And Stafford's pretty consistent. I think uh, 20 points fantasy scoring each of the last three weeks or at least close to it. You could reliably play Stafford, and especially in good matchups, he's a very interesting option. I will waste a roster spot making sure somebody else can't play him over a two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like Stafford's playing the commanders, dead last against quarterbacks. Yes, yes. Um, Fire it up. He actually makes an interesting case as long as his receivers are are, are healthy throughout the week. So, otherwise, uh, outside of those quarterbacks, again, Jake Browning and Joe Flacco, I think highlight the guys I would stream for. Derek mm-hmm. Carr against the Giants, not doing that after his. No, he's now up to three rib fractures. Yeah, right? no, 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 no Gardner Minshew for me either. I don't really. Care I could roll the one. dice on him again if I had to. Yeah. Okay. Will Levis is kind of interesting against the Texans. Will Anderson evidently got injured in that game for the Texans. Their stud pass rusher. Not doing Bryce Young. You're playing him next week against the Joe Barry Packer defense. He'll get 300 yards mm-hmm. there. No problem. Desmond Ritter against the Panthers is interesting. He had a 25-point fantasy game last week. Uh, does play well at home, like Jim Coventry talks mm-hmm. about in his article. Yeah. He's uh, on the got, road, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Guys um, like Aiden O'Connell, DeVito. Uh, yeah, I put all nah, these I'm guys not. on here just to you know, yeah. just for the heck of it, for some good debate. So here's an interesting dilemma related to quarterbacks, right? In a super flex mm-hmm. league, of course, I'm starting Lamar Jackson. Um, my QB two or my super flex spot in the last two weeks, it hasn't. It's been very close within one or two points, so it hasn't actually cost me. But I've started Zach Moss over Derek Carr and Zach Moss over Will Levis um, in uh, in consecutive weeks here. And again, it hasn't necessarily cost me a ton there, but. Uh, um, and then the other one is I could start. It's like Zach Moss, Drake London, Chris Godwin, or a really crappy QB. You know, so that's what I'm sitting at in that super flex spot. And for the last two weeks, I've let both uh, Carr and Levis sit. Uh, I, I think I start Levis this week, but I would I would be totally fine uh, with Zach Moss in most of the scenarios. And I, mm-hmm. I actually think that's my biggest takeaway from this year in super flex leagues with the amount of injuries that have happened to quarterbacks. 
everyone's chasing for these crappy guys. And I think it undermines what is actually some pretty good value and talent that you have, yep. whether it be the Ty Chandlers or Zamir Whites that you can pick up right now, or like you had Chris, the Chris Godwins mm-hmm. and Zach Moss. Like, like, th- like that. Let's take an example from this week. Uh, you pick up Zay, say you pick up Zay Jones and you have Easton stick. Who's a better super flex player? Zay Jones. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah I, I, I'm, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you mm-hmm. on that one. So yeah, even super flex leagues doesn't have to be a quarterback. That's a, that's something that, uh, you know, I think we can get comfortable with that idea. We had discussed Easton Stick a little bit earlier in the show. Again, Herbert done for the rest of the season with that surgery to his finger uh, on his throwing hand. I, I think it will be Easton Stick the rest of the way. You don't keep this guy on the roster to the long the extent that they did five years now mm-hmm. uh, with only making a second appearance ever last Sunday without the idea that you want to see what happens if he were to play. Max Dugan, TCU product last year, got him to the College Football Championship. He, he is there. He'll be called up, I'd assume. No guarantee he ends up playing, though. Easton Stick, good arm. We saw that in the 57-year completion to Quentin Johnston. Mm-hmm. Also a 4-6-2-40 when he was drafted back in 2019. Yeah. I, I think – so I, I thought about it this way. and I almost put it in the notes, but then I thought we can't write this. A more creative offensive coordinator, I actually think I would pick up Easton Stick. Mm-hmm. Brandon Staley-led Easton Stick is a, a bottom third quarterback, I think, in the league this year, at, mm-hmm. at minimum. Yeah, so – you know, we'll go with the most recent sample we have, and that was this preseason, right? Uh, 44 for 73, 60.2%. Not great, but not terrible. 5.2 yards per attempt, pretty terrible. One touchdown, two picks. Did have 11 carries for 82 yards. So, you know, there is there's there is a little bit of upside there. If you're talking about Easton Stick versus Davis Mills, Nick Mullins, or Mitch Trubisky, you know, the other guys I mentioned in the two quarterback league section, then, uh, yeah, Easton Stick's your guy. Um but I, question I, for you. I still don't the, feel super the, great about the, it. Italians in New York and uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman love Tommy DeVito the way they do, which was very evident yesterday. Do, do, do the people that love the forest just get all in on Easton Stick? Because, like, if we're doing last name things and just like Easton Stick actually is kind of an interesting name. That's not a good comparison. You didn't like that that one? Uh, I'm just I, really bad from I think last mo- night. I'm sorry. I think more of the baseball bat, right? Oh, Stick, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah no, Easton. Yeah. Well, Easton, right? Oh, Easton Stick, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, a baseball yeah. bat, right? <laughs> I was really bad at baseball. I just saw the light bulb go on. I, so hard. I caught the exact moment where the light bulb went on. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's a bad joke. That's a, that's okay. Dad jokes okay. can uh, yeah. not always work. <laughs> we'll can try we, and do better next week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of questions at quarterback. Can we just answer some of them right now? So, like yeah, this guy asks, do you guys like Goff or Fields more this week? Of course, Fields won that matchup last week when the two played. Goff is at home this go around, and you know, in the case of Justin Fields, he's got that rushing floor, even though he's been throwing it pretty well. Is there a quarterback favorite of the two in your mind? Yeah, I'm gonna take Goff. Okay, uh, Goff going against. Uh, golf going against Denver. Okay. Yeah, I I don't mind going that direction, but I do understand uh, where somebody could be asking. That I understand why you might want to play Fields, but once again, the Browns' defense is elite, possibly number one in the league, and they are even more elite, possibly unbeatable when they are at home. I do not want any part of that matchup. I think the Bears are going to get run out of the building this week. And then this one feels obvious to me, but just to be clear, Trevor Lawrence against the Ravens or Kyler Murray against the Niners with the four points per pass. Yeah, that's Trevor Lawrence for me. Yep, yeah, for me, very, very easy as well, too. So uh, let's dive into the tight ends real quick. Obviously, Isaiah Likely, if you had been able to roster him two weeks ago when the Ravens were in a bye, that ended up being really great for you. I was unsure if Isaiah Likely would fill in as the Mark Andrews role. Uh, Take another L, Joe, because clearly was. Mm Was the now, hey, granted, a lot of his production came on one huge play that was a complete blown coverage. So, 
You know. Yeah, but you had you had a lot of targets. I mean, mm-hmm. like that that was he was clearly the fill in. I was absolutely wrong yeah. with that, and Isaiah likely totally fine start. The problem need. is, is the ball's getting spread around to the rest of the wide receivers now too, right? Yes. So Flowers, Aguilar, Beckham, and Bateman. All had 48% of sna- or greater of snaps and 22 or more routes. Flowers had 45 routes. Um, but Isaiah Likely was actually second with 40 routes. So he's still getting out there. He's still uh, absolutely producing. So uh, he's your man. Uh, I, believe, I believe he's got to be well over the 50% threshold now. He was close to it last week. and um, But I guess, yeah, you could still type his name in. He's uh, 55%. So not that much over our threshold. You know, he could be the top tight end pickup option if you're in a, a shallower league or leagues where a lot of owners have checked out uh, you know at this point because that does happen otherwise i think it's a difficult tight end situation so there's Dalton Kincaid. if he were to miss time dawson knox who just returned off of injured reserve last week mm-hmm. would be really interesting but it doesn't sound like kincaid's going to be in that spot like he's day-to-day day-to-day uh, with the shoulder injury yeah. uh three targets for dawson knox and uh you know the injury for kincaid didn't happen at the end of the game so you know Knox had at least a bit of a role in the offense mm-hmm. you know with kincaid around as was kind of the case earlier in the season before knox went on ir and there's Hunter Henry got two touchdowns on his birthday. That was very predictable. Uh, but I would not trust the Patriots to score two touchdowns the rest of the season, much less this week against the Chiefs. Logan Thomas, of course, the commanders come off bye week. I, I, I'm just not all that interested. Uh, we had an intern, uh, Luke Nemore, who had been asking me about tight ends. He was starting Gerald Everett last week. Don't want to do that with Easton Stick. So I said Tucker Kraft who quietly has gotten at least uh, 30 receiving yards and three catches mm-hmm. in each of the last three games. And he actually he broke a tackle and found space on the one play. I that think he looks good. Like he looks totally competent, but mm-hmm. you're not looking for competent at tight end. And I think, unfortunately, if you don't have top three or four, that's all you're going to have. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a difficult spot to be right now. Yeah, for sure. If you're a fading tight end. Um, I, the streaming defense is real quick. I'll let you go ahead and uh, breeze through those and just gear up any of the questions that we might have yet. You know, it wasn't the top of the lot of lists I, I looked at, but my personal pick is probably the Colts, and now the grand they're 42%, and the defense isn't great, but they're home, and they're playing Mitch Trubisky. So that could be, I mean, one among among the worst quarterback options. And essentially, uh, that's what's happening this week. I'm picking on quarterbacks. Uh, the, I had uh, Las Vegas at number two. They're only 7% rostered. Of course, they're home against the Chargers mm-hmm. with Easton Stick. So, uh, you know, I know we talked about maybe liking Easton Stick, but at the same time, we said start Zay Jones over him in Superflex. So, you know, you know, there's that here. So, And then the Raiders are readily available. Everybody's available, right? Nobody's on a buy anymore. We're finally done with that. Ready to roll. I wrote the Falcons 32% at Carolina. The only thing I don't like is that it is, it is a road matchup, but Bryce Young and the Panthers' offense has looked completely incompetent. So, that's my uh, top pickup. Yeah, a lot of people's top pickup. That's Jerry's top pickup as well. Uh, so a lot of people can agree with that across the board. And uh, the Bengals are at home, and uh, they're playing Nick Mullins. and or Nick Mullins or Josh Dobbs. But you know what? It might not matter. A team that mustered three points against the Raiders last week. Um, somehow managing to, be, uh, to have that wild card spot. Uh, it really is amazing. But uh, I think even a mediocre Bengals defense can uh, stick it to these guys especially if Justin Jefferson doesn't play with the chest injury. Heartbreak there with Jefferson, but uh, he hasn't actually been ruled out yet either, so we could very much see him. And he uh, actually thinks he's going to play for what it's worth. I I don't know if I share that same sentiment, but he seems to be uh, thinking that he's going to play. I I would be shocked. Uh, Real quick, we have a few questions here. I missed this one for quarterback. So if Stroud is out of these options, who do you like? Levis versus the Texans. Uh, Mr. DeVito against the Saints, you could just throw that one out. Flacco against the Bears or Zach Wilson 
uh, in his return to the starting lineup against the Dolphins. Levis is very interesting, but I think I'm actually going Flacco. One, I, because he is elite, Flacco. and two, because he has more touchdowns and passes than Kenny Pickett this season. It's I didn't definitely, get to throw that stat out. Oh, in my his, God, that's uh, crazy. It's definitely I didn't get to Flacco. throw that stat out in his section, but, yeah, it's Flacco to me. Uh, Trey McBride against the Niners or Isaiah Likely against Jacksonville? I'm throwing out Likely here. I think I'm playing Likely, too, and this is frustrating because I'm probably playing McBride in Stake League. Because it was one of my many leagues. In which oh yeah, I, I will be. I will be in McBride in multiple leagues. But no, if no, I, I have likely Laporta, option. I was McBride was going to be my second flex in state. Oh yeah, league. yeah. I know. I have Kelsey. McBride's my flex. That's how this is going. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, then you and I are kind of in the same boat. And this guy, Jay Red, just wants to flex in this. I have a buy in PPR. So what should I do? Just instead, uh, well, I have buy from these three pickups: Zay, Zay Jones, Deonta Foreman, or Ty Chandler. I've answered in the chat, but I'm curious if you kind of echo my statements. Um, I'd actually go Zay Jones because. Because Foreman and that Chicago backfield could have their roles shuffled in, in, in a week. We've seen a lot of that moving around this year. And remember that they had a very positive game flow against Detroit. They led yeah. that game the entire time. And while Foreman was clearly the lead back this week, I am not sure that sticks in games where they're, that they are trailing. And then Ty Chandler, probably good for this week. Again, Madison hasn't been ruled out yet, so we don't know for sure. Um because this is again, I rank these differently in the beginning because we're ranking with this week weighted a lot. This guy has a buy, right? So the long term outlook is uh, is probably Zay Jones for me with Kirk on IR. You can expect him to get double digit targets the rest of the season. After this week, Foreman and Chandler could both have very different situations. I picked up Ty. I would pick up Ty Chandler in this instance to block the person getting is somebody else getting Ty Chandler. I actually that- let want somebody else to get Ty Chandler yeah. in hopes that. Uh, you know, they, he has one of those 45-yard games that we discussed. I, again, we're, now we're trying to 3D chess this whole deal. I guess. Uh, uh, one more question here. Would you rather play James Conner, of course, going against the Niners, over Ty Chandler, Deonta Foreman, or Odell Beckham? I assume this is uh, a flex scenario. So Ty Chandler against the Niners. I'm sorry, James Conner against the Niners. Ty Chandler against the Bengals. Odell against Jacksonville or Foreman against the Browns. Man, Admiral Nita, congrats. That's This is actually a very, very good difficult challenging question here i am probably just gonna play james connor but i'd be really tempted to sneak odell beckham in. that's the way i was gonna go it as well too ah. uh, I, I would say follow the over under vegas has that niners cardinals game with a lot of points if that were to occur it's because james connor is at least doing something for the cardinals it's mm-hmm. not just the Keeping niners competitive one scoring 45 uh, I mean, they could. It's certainly possible. I think Odell is my second one, though. So it's interesting that Ty Chandler was your number one waiver wire pickup, and yet you're saying, no, I'd play uh, Odell Beckham over him, too. Maybe maybe we need to recalibrate things. Like yeah, that. so I didn't actually realize that um, that uh, Beckham was only 47% um, until or 42% when I was making my top five. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, I, really maybe I do need to think too. about that. But, um, but I, I mean – I would argue that maybe Beckham has more upside and I'd be shooting for the fences. If I'm in a position where I have to think about those guys, I'm probably projected to lose Yeah, and have uh, to shoot for the stars. You're, you're right. That's that that's certainly a philosophy. This is not a question, Jake, but I, in my angst today, really empathize with Daniel, who says, in all caps, feel so lost, finish second in my league in scoring, but finish last with four wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that I don't. Uh, that is why commissioners out there, you pay points, not record. I will be your reward for record is a first round buy, and you pay first and second points in the regular season. This is how it should be done. So at least in this case, he should be getting his money back. Did he try to write a haiku there? Feel so lost. Finish second in my league. 
in scoring oh, and finished last with four wins. I don't know the haiku uh, structure. Is it, is it in iambic pentameter? <laughs> <laughs> the show is officially off the rails, yeah, Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had some Packers moaning. We had some Joe Flacco elite dragon conversation and haikus to end it. I think we're officially at a good point to end the Tuesday edition of the Rotowire NFL podcast, of course, brought to you by Circus Sports. It's week one of the playoffs. Hopefully you're with us for at least two more. Hopefully you're winning every one of those and you are uh, like everyone else who's got bye weeks except for me because my team's crap fed. I'm not bitter. It's fine. We'll be fine next week. We'll be fine more with these wave aware pickups. Thanks, everyone, for listening.